sisters and brothers in Christ, before I begin my sermon today, we want to tell you that we hope that you are in a safe place, that you are taking the necessary precautions to protect yourself from unnecessary exposure to others. We have seen and heard many people still going through the normal patterns of life, not taking the advice to self-isolate. It is in these decisions that we will continue to see the ripple effect through our community and our world. And as Christians, we are called to care for the needs of our neighbor. This last week, we have seen the need for some unprecedented decisions. These decisions have been made in an effort to protect all of us, especially those that are part of this faith community. Even though the decision was made to lock the doors of the church, we continue to work hard to bring faith-filled worship and faith-filled education opportunities to you in many forms. It is in times such as this that while we cannot gather together in person, we can certainly gather in spirit. That we can reach out to those that we can by phone, by FaceTime, Skype, or email. And I pray that you would know God's steadfast love and his assurance, that he is faithful, and that he promises to be with you in and through all things. If you are hearing this message and in need of just having a reassuring conversation, give the church a call. Touch base with us. It is through this family of faith that we will continue to hear God's promises, that we will support one another. Even if it is through electronic means, we can still be present for one another. I pray that God's hope and his peace in Jesus Christ is with you all. And now the sermon. Sisters and brothers in Christ, grace and peace to you this day from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Today we continue our Lenten series on the witnesses as shown through the Gospel of Matthew. Last week, Pastor Catherine addressed the witnesses that were healed. And our theme for this week is entitled, The Humbled. And to speak to this, we hear the gospel story of the rich young man that approaches Jesus and the disciples to ask, what more must I do to inherit eternal life? The story of the rich young man is found in each of the synoptic gospels, Mark, Matthew, Luke, almost verbatim, word for word. This seems to indicate that there is an incredibly important lesson to be learned from this story. We hear the young man come to Jesus and approaches him by saying, Teacher, what must I do? Now, at face value, there are a couple things that might jump out to us. First of all is his address to Jesus as teacher. The young man approaches Jesus from the posture that the way to eternal life seems to have steps or competencies that must be attained in order to attain this status. And the inference is that Jesus knows these steps and can assign these to him. In fact, he says, what do I lack? Seeking to put one more thing on his scorecard. The second thing is that the young man, of course, comes to Jesus as a Jew. And as a Jew, his entire way of knowing God and God's favor comes in his ability to do what Moses told God's people to do through the commandments. And this is exactly where Jesus will begin to unravel not only his piety, but his self-righteousness. 
Jesus plainly reiterates what Moses taught. Do this and this and this, to which the young man says, I have done all of these. And what is Jesus' response? It is almost as if you can see a little smirk come on Jesus' faith to say, oh, you think so. Well, I'm now going to strip you of your self-righteousness. Check this. If you wish to be perfect, as if that were possible, and if that is not enough, he goes in for the coup de grace, sell everything you own, give the money to the poor, and come follow me. Boom. Mic drop. In one fell swoop, Jesus has challenged every single idol the rich young man stood on. Often when we hear this text, uh, it is usually heard from the standpoint that challenges our own sense of security or identity. Our ability to self-preserve or in a basic understanding, it can challenge our basic need to value the things of creation over the creator. The rich young man felt secure in his wealth. That he had nothing to fear because he had the means not only to protect himself, but to preserve anything that would come at him. However, what Jesus presses into here is the young man's lack of faith. That God would not only provide all that was needed to sustain his life in this kingdom, but that ultimately it is God that provides for every part of creation. And that can be gone in an instant. Now, I'm not here today to hand down an indictment on how you use your possessions, especially in regards to the needs of helping your neighbor. But what is apparent is this, that when your life is on the line, where do your loyalties lie? Because you can have piles of money like Warren Buffett, you can have the cultural status of Beyonce, you could even boast that you've lived your life so purely that you've never even had a parking ticket, but I'm here to tell you, take a look around. In the last week, we have seen life altered in amazing ways. Ways that we could not have ever even thought possible. Who would have thought that we would be in a state of existence where most, if not all, of the Sioux Falls churches have closed their doors? to protect people? Who would have thought that schools would be closed for some a couple weeks, for others the rest of the school year? Who would have thought that you could not go to the store and buy things like toilet paper when you need them? Friends and hearers of God's word, here is a harsh and simple truth. That what we are experiencing in these days is a humbling like the rich young man, we are experiencing what it feels like to have all of the things that we normally love and we cling to for our security, our livelihood, even our enjoyment, all of these things stripped away by an uncontrollable circumstance. Because the reality is, is that as the coronavirus has spread across the world, it has actually happened because of our privilege. It is because of the ease in our ability to circumnavigate the, the globe. 
with our resources that has allowed for the spread of this pandemic. And it is humbling. But I think we experience being humbled in many ways in our lives. Now, I'm not talking about false humility, that is our own cognitive decision to live our lives better or trying to work to attain a saintly status, something like Mother Teresa dedicating our lives to the poor. No, what I'm talking about is when we encounter times in our life when we either experience or witness an event that is so beyond our control or sometimes something that is just simply beyond our ability to wrap our minds around it. These can be moments that are amazingly wonderful or completely devastating. I think of the birth of my oldest son. Not that any birth is not amazing, but his stands out to me. Because I got to see Genesis 2 in the creation text function in his birth. My son was born, he came out blue. And I actually saw the breath of life come into him. I saw his body turn from a sedentary blue tone to a healthy, vibrant, beautiful color in a moment, and I was humbled by what I witnessed. I've also been able to experience the final holy moments of life with many individuals and families as their entire world was being dismantled by the death of a child or a spouse. And what I saw was humility. And yet I have been blessed to see the skepticism of the human condition be transformed by God's word. And in true humility witnessed a confession of faith as baptismal waters were splashed and promises were spoken. But by and far the most humbling of experiences is when we actually find faith clinging to, you are forgiven. The unmerited favor of God's love and his mercy. The story of the rich young man is one of the best lessons for us to pause and to hear God speaking into our lives. Jesus is not really pointing out how you use your daily bread here. That is the good things that God blesses each of us with. But what he is exposing is where your sense of hope lies. And at face value, this lesson may pinch just a little bit. But in doing so, hopefully it also opens your ears again to hear God's promises. Because when Christ speaks his promise into your life, you have no choice in the matter. But it is Christ now stripping you of all the ways you want to self-preserve, stripping you of your idols so that you may now only hear the truth. And that, that is that he has died for you and that he has claimed you as his own and he gives himself fully to you. I told you earlier that this story of the rich man appears in all of the three synoptic gospels, but there is one caveat to this story that appears in the gospel of Mark. After the young man leaves Jesus' presence, grieving because he has many possessions, it seems that we really don't hear of this young man's fate, except possibly in Mark chapter 14, verses 51 and 52. And that reads, 
A certain young man was following Jesus, wearing nothing but a linen cloth. They caught hold of him, but he left the linen cloth and ran off naked. Now, many theologians believe that this is the rich young man. Having been humbled by some circumstances in life, whether that was decisions of his own or others. But he has found exactly where Jesus has called him to be, following him. And even here, he finally loses everything, completely humbled, now having to depend on God alone. Friends, Christ came into the world to ensure that when you stand before God, that you will know his grace and his mercy. And this assurance comes through faith alone, not by what you have done, what you are doing, or what you will do, not by what you have. This assurance comes in the gift of faith so that when death comes near, none of these things matter. But it is only this one truth that will matter, that Christ has chosen you as God's beloved child. May you know this truth in humility. And may you always know that God is here for you. This is a promise of certainty that you can cling to in these days of uncertainty. God's peace be with you all. Thanks be to God. Amen.